You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I write about the Chicago Bears for NBC Sports Chicago. I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. And today we are putting a bow on Bears rookie minicamp, taking a look at what we learned from the three-day weekend tryout for a number of players who ultimately went home without a contract. Most of the news out of the weekend has to do with the kickers, so this is going to be another pretty kicker-heavy podcast, but we'll also touch on some of the other rookies and kind of get Matt Nagy's take on the draft picks and the guys who impressed him in this first weekend. But kicker is the position and the theme of this offseason for the Chicago Bears, and they brought eight of them in with them for rookie minicamp. Four of them were under contract, and four of them were brought in as rookie tryout candidates. And ultimately, rather than adding any more, the Chicago Bears finished minicamp with two fewer kickers than they started with. When it was all said and done, the team released both undrafted rookie for agent John Barton and Redford Jones, who was brought in this offseason, leaving just Chris Blewett and Elliot Fry as two of the last men standing here moving forward to OTAs and then potentially training camp after that. But Casey Bednarski, Emmett Carpenter, Spencer Evans, and Justin Yoon were all brought in on a tryout basis. And the Bears had some interesting uh, practice situations that they tried to put them through. And and clearly, you know, the four kickers that were coming in on a tryout basis were have had as big of an uphill battle, I think, as, as any kicker could have. So to some extent, it, it shouldn't be too big of a surprise that at least those four guys are all sent home or in some combination. But the Bears were never going to go through the whole offseason with four kickers on the roster either. But perhaps I'm a little bit surprised that two of them are already headed home afterward. And uh, OTAs are around the corner, and, and now there are two. But a couple of different things Matt Nagy tried to do with them this weekend. You know, obviously during practice, they sort of go through their normal kicker drills and, and things like that. But, you know, at the end of the first practice, he had all eight kickers attempt a 43-yard field goal, full well knowing, and, and everyone in that room knowing, that was the length of field goal that Cody Parkey missed against the Philadelphia Eagles to ultimately end the Chicago Bears season. So trying to put that pressure on those kickers to, you know, really feel like, you know, they had to hit this because everyone in the team sort of knew what those kicks represent. And perhaps famously here, just from an off-season standpoint, only two of the eight kickers hit it on that first day of the rookie minicamp. There were some issues with the snaps and the holds reportedly, but Still not a good look. I believe they repeated that again on Saturday and had six of eight hit it, which could reflect a, a better snap and a hold uh, combination there for these rookie kickers. But that's part of this issue as well. And then uh, at the end of Sunday's practice, he had a few different kickers. I believe Elliot Fry and Redford Jones do a little bit of a kickoff with one representing the offense, one representing the defense. And whoever lost would have to have his teammates on that side of the ball do 20 up-downs. So trying to put some pressure on these kickers in those situations. And they, they did other things with the kickers throughout the week. Special teams coordinator Chris Tabor, I believe, was kind of in charge of that. But trying to simulate some of these 
kicking situations. And the other thing they're doing is trying to get a little bit more analytical with the kicking. And it's clear from from everything we've heard Matt Nagy say and Ryan Pace say that they're operating a little bit in the dark here as far as how to properly evaluate these kickers that they have in their mini camps. But one of the things that they added for this rookie mini camp was ball tracking data that they put some sort of computer chips in the ki- in the footballs so that they can track not only the the force that the the ball receives from the kicker but the trajectory that the kick takes through the air and and you know how much velocity it has as it goes through the net or hits the net and goes through the goalposts and leaves the kicker's foot so they can see every step of the way just how hard a kicker is hitting it what path that football is taking in the air and perhaps how it could be affected by say a soldier field wind i believe they did some outside kicking at house hall this weekend where the wind was at least somewhat of a factor it was a a windy weekend a little bit i I don't think you can quite simulate soldier field winds although i would have liked to see the team maybe try and bring in a bunch of giant fans or something just to see if you can get some kind of swirls going i mean i don't even know if that would work but just just to try anything but it's clear that they're at least looking for any and and every possible source of information on these kickers but it remains to be seen obviously what that's going to yield so far it's yielded two kickers Elliot Fry and Chris Blewett as the the two men left standing from the four that were signed and the eight that were working out and and trying out during this rookie minicamp so those two other guys were going to go back and forth in OTAs. I still think they haven't ruled out the possibility of potentially bringing in another kicker down the line that hasn't been in camp yet or hasn't been in the building yet if things with Fry and Blewett don't necessarily pan out the way they want to. So this is not the end of the kicker competition in Chicago. And heck, they're also out bringing in a kicking consultant from the Coles kicking camp. We're going to touch on him a little bit more in a minute, but at least it's encouraging that the Bears are bringing in a little bit of extra help to try and improve what they've got at the position. And hey, there's nothing wrong with needing a little bit of help to improve what you're working with. And that's what our friends at Blue Chew can do for you. Blue Chew can give you that extra confidence and increase your performance when you're in those clutch situations. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime for those noon kickoffs or those special primetime opportunities, even on a full stomach, and because they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for Locked On Bears listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. You just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to try it free. Blue Chew is the cheaper, better, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. So I think the more we talk about these kickers on this podcast, a couple of different things come to mind. First of all, 
it's a luxury, I think, for Chicago Bears fans that the storyline of rookie minicamps and OTAs is the kicker position. You know, I think there's plenty of teams out there where the storyline is, who's going to be our quarterback? Who's going to catch passes from our quarterback? Is our offensive line going to be able to field the starting unit? Will we be able to rush the passer? I mean, serious team issues that make you question whether or not a team's going to be able to win significant games in 2019. But for the Bears, there's not really a lot of those question marks from the 22 main starters. I mean, it really does come down to this kicker position as far as things this team still needs to figure out. So you can take any kicker criticism and such as sort of a compliment in that that's where the discussion is and that's sort of the biggest problem. When, when that's your biggest problem, you're doing a lot of things right. But the other thing that comes to mind is just how botched this whole position feels. I mean, even dating all the way back to when Robbie Gold was released, but you know, I'm not going to go too much over all that. But, you know, up to the Cody Parkey signing and then Cody Parkey not working out. Although, in Cody Parkey's defense, he misses the, the biggest kick and absolutely you need him to hit that kick against the Philadelphia Eagles. But it wasn't like he was the worst kicker in the NFL during the regular season. He, he hit 76.7% of his field goals. That's not perhaps an acceptable field goal percentage, but it wasn't like the Bears were just totally bombed out at the kicker position. I mean, he was 30th among 35 qualifying kickers. So again, towards the bottom, but not at the very bottom. Still not a good season for kicker, but I digress. The Bears have not properly addressed the kicker this offseason, and it really does make me wonder if they know how to evaluate kickers effectively. Now, I've heard former general managers, particularly Scott McLuhan, who used to be the for, the the general manager for Washington, and I believe he's been in the 49ers front office as well. He has outright admitted on podcasts before that he has no idea how to evaluate kickers and punters. He said it was just something just totally over his head, and he had no idea how to do it, and, and he left that up to his special teams coaches and, and to some of the scouts that might know a little bit more about those positions. So it, it makes me wonder at this point just how much Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy know about evaluating the kicker position because when we hear them talk about it, you know, all offseason, they reference special teams coordinator Chris Tabor as uh, we, we rely on Chris and he gives us these recommendations. And obviously they put in their own work to some extent, but I, I don't know if they have much or they haven't proven to have a lot of ability to evaluate kickers. And, and you, know, you wonder just how much goes into that for this front office. And, you know, Chris Tabor coached Cody Parkey with the Cleveland Browns obviously would then have seemed to have vouched for him to come to Chicago. They give Cody Parkey that three-year deal, I believe, if I'm remembering the number correctly, and that doesn't work out, and they move on, and, and all of a sudden, do you trust Chris Tabor to give you a good recommendation on kickers after he pretty well botched the one he seemingly stood on the table for? And, and when you look at how the Bears brought in their kickers this offseason, Redford Jones wins a kicking competition in January. Bears bring him in for a tryout. He presumably wins that, and they sign him. Chris Blewett wins a, another kicking camp, a Coles kicking camp, in February. They bring him in for a tryout, and he wins that, and they sign him. Elliot Fry obviously kicks in the AAF. They bring him in for a tryout, and they sign him. So it's not. It doesn't to me. It doesn't feel as though they're evaluating the technique and traits of these kickers on film, but they're evaluating more. Okay, when we bring them in, how do they do in these artificial kicking situations? And 
that's all we have to go off of. So sign the guy that wins and, and hope that as the season goes on, we can figure out which one of these guys is the best. So t- to me, for one way or another, the Bears are really having a lot of trouble evaluating the kicker position. I, I question just how well they're going to be able to do that moving forward. But, you know, I, I, I still have hope that this kicker competition can yield a quality starter. And, and from the sounds of it, Matt Nagy still has optimism as well. Here are his comments on the kickers from this weekend's rookie minicamp. So so here's what we're doing. This is going to be a little bit of a process. Um, as you all saw, they were on the other field today and uh, doing some uh, some different things that Tabes has them going through, trying to figure out exactly um, you know where they're at accuracy wise, leg strength wise, and then creating pressure situations. You know, and, and we're talking about trying to crave those situations and crave pressure. And so um, you know, we have a lot of kickers in here. We have several holders, several snappers. But what we wanted to do, and what I wanted to do uh, in in doing in, in going through this process, is uh, try to. Uh, create situations where it puts a little heat on them, right? But at the same time, let them kind of learn um, through the process of of, uh, of the different style of kicks, the different types of holders. So we did the one there in the middle of practice. We snuck that one in, uh, and then we did the eight at the end there, um, which which I think is good for them too. Um, and like you said, two for eight. That's not good enough. Now, I will say this: we always look at the end result of what happens, which is 100% the what matters, right? But as we're learning, two two of those eight eight uh, holds and snaps, there was some, there it wasn't 100%. Okay, I'll leave it at that. We're, we we uh, we have a method to our madness, and again, um, I think I think for us, um, just besides finding a kicker, right, and being able to see what they can do. Uh, in practice, we want to be able to see as much as we can in game situations how they handle that too. Because it's one thing to be able to go over and bang A for eight uh, when it doesn't really matter, but what about when it matters? You know, that's what we're trying to figure out too. Because we have we have young kickers that don't have a lot of experience, so we got to create that. Fry is the only one I think that has pro experience. Mm-hmm. At least, what what are your impressions of him just having him in the building for a very short period? Yeah, I, I don't know these guys really well. Uh, I'm starting to learn who they are, what, what they're about. But just from the times that I've been with them, he's a very calm kid. Uh, he's confident, which I like, and uh, but I think for him the biggest thing is again just knowing um, his background. He's he's hit a lot of good kicks, and and he knows he's competing out here. Did you guys hire a kicking coach? We did, yeah, um, Jamie Cole, and uh, we're excited about that. He's gonna, um, you know, he'll be here a lot. He'll be here, um, you know, throughout the season, and why not? Right, somebody that has expertise in that and understanding um, a lot more than what what I know. And, and so that's the route we're going to go. He'll be able to be good for, for the kickers. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to how that goes. Is he a consultant or is he full time? No, it's like, a, it's like a consultant, but he'll be here not every day, but he'll be here throughout the season. Why Jamie Cole? Why Jamie Cole? Yeah. Well, yeah, so Coach Tabes um, and, and Coach Tabes has a, has a relationship with him, Tabor. And so uh, we, just, we just know with some of the things that he has background-wise with some of the people that um, – He's been around and worked with. I just I thought it was good, you know. And I, I just think when you get into breaking down specifically that position, um, it's a it's a singular position that there's experts at, and I feel like he's he really knows what he's doing. So again, bringing in a kicking coach like Jamie Cole, again, it's a good a good move, and I I give them credit for I guess consultant bringing in somebody else to help them with the kicker position. But when he talks about, you know, wanting a guy who's a specialist who knows a little bit more about this than them, isn't that kind of admitting that 
they don't know a lot about evaluating the kicker position and, and that they, they need some help. So, you know, credit for them for identifying that they could use a kicking consultant like this. And, and uh, you know, so I, I'm trying not to just completely, you know, d- discredit them for that. They deserve credit for that. But to me, it, it shows a certain level of inability at the kicker position. Uh, so to what extent, I don't know. You know, I, I try not to speculate too you know, drastically, but to me, there's just some real question marks about evaluating the kicker position in Chicago when when we're talking about non-veterans. And there are, there are still at least a few veterans sitting out there on the open market, namely the former Atlanta Falcons kicker, Matt Bryant, who, yes, I believe is on the wrong side of 40, 43 years old. He turned this off season, but he still hit 95% of his field goals last year and has been well over 90% average for the last few years. You're talking about a team contending. I would consider bringing somebody like that in if he's still interested in kicking. But for whatever reason, they've gone with the younger guys, haven't gone too deep in on Robbie Gold, at least from what we can tell on the outside. And I wouldn't expect that to necessarily change anytime soon unless things change with the San Francisco 49ers. But they also have the money issue as far as still owing that money to Cody Parkey and not wanting to invest too much in the kicker position. It's not an easy spot that the Chicago Bears are in and I I can I can I have empathy for that and I so I'm not trying to just completely slam Ryan Pace or Matt Nagy. I mean that's not my intention at all, but I do think it's important to recognize that this team is having some serious issues evaluating the kicker position and it sure feels to me like the combination of guys they have on the roster aren't going to be the ultimate solution that at some point during next season, we might see a kicking change mid-year like we've seen in years past. And I still think a veteran on this team seems to be the way to go. But the weekend was all about the rookies. And that's where I want to turn our attention next. We've talked enough about kickers on the podcast today. So let's turn our attention to the other rookies in minicamp and, and catch up on the latest and greatest from the Bears draft picks and a few undrafted free agents. Keep it locked right here on Locked On Bears. Rookie minicamp's always cool because it's the first time all the draft picks get to put on their Bears uniforms and their new numbers and their helmets and all that stuff. But it's also cool for the undrafted guys and the tryout guys to come in and wear an NFL jersey and be a part of an NFL team, even if just for a weekend, to get that experience of practicing where the real players practice and all that cool stuff. It is it is a neat kind of thing. But uh, at the same time, I, I feel I feel like it's tough because of just how, you know, first of all, how desperate a lot of these players are, but, you know, how limited their opportunities are at a rookie minicamp like this, that players aren't allowed to wear full pads. I believe they do helmets and, and, you know, shorts and everything else, but just kind of the shells and not the full pads. So, you know, even Matt Nagy kind of talked about how, you know, it's hard to evaluate some of these guys without the pads, particularly the guys in the trenches. You know, I don't know how as if I'm a tryout offensive lineman, how am I, how am I going to be able to show how well I can pass protect and run block if I don't have pads and I can't really get physical with the guy next to me? It seems like the kind of thing where it's, it's a way for athletes to be able to show what they can do. You know, if, if I'm an offensive lineman, who's slow, but I've got great technique and I'm really strong and I can bully defensive linemen. And, and that's going to be my calling card in the NFL. I don't feel like rookie mini camps necessarily give them a great opportunity to show what they can do. And it makes you wonder, do some of those guys slip through the cracks or, and, and fall completely off of the radar because they don't get those opportunities at rookie mini camp? 
to be able to show what they can do. So, you know, I, I feel for those guys, but it's also a great opportunity for some of the other positions. And I, and I think that's what's important to keep in mind here is of what you actually can see at rookie minicamp with no pads. I think there are certain positions where you can see some things, but other positions and, and other things at certain positions you can't quite see. So to start, here's what Matt Nagy had to say about a, a few select rookies he was asked about at rookie minicamp. Did David Montgomery jump out to you a little bit? I, I thought he had a good practice. Uh, the, these these kids, you know, they're going on all these visits yeah. and the combine and they're traveling and then the, the, the draft, their bodies wear down a little bit. They get away from lifting. So we want to be real hesitant in how much we do with them. I thought he handled himself great. He looks, you know, like he's in great shape. He caught the ball really well. Um, these camps aren't too big on running, you know, so it's a lot more receiving. And uh, I was really impressed. What did you see out of Duke Shelley? A lot of quickness. He's quick twitched. So uh, he's always been, he's a happy-go-lucky guy. You, all, you, can't, you can't miss that smile he has. But he was out here doing some special teams drills early on, and you could just really feel um, the, the energy and how quick he is um, making his moves and then down doing some DB drills, um, flipping his hips real quick, turning over, and then actually finishing with the catch. Brian had said that he was in, particularly intrigued to see Denmark in this situation mm-hmm. considering his background. I know you're from the offensive side, but do you have that similar kind of intrigue or interest in a defensive player you know, like him? You do when you see the traits that he has at the end of the seventh round, and you see his size, you see his speed, you see um, how he plays on tape, and so you're able to take a little bit more of a, of a risk with somebody like that that's a little more raw. And so today, him being out here again, you see his size, and now he'll just go ahead and, and be under the tutelage of Coach Pagano and Coach Townsend. Just keep learning. You know, we got time with him, and, and you know, he has traits, so he's a big, big guy that can do a lot of good things. Matt, you got the uh, edge rusher here from Canada, and I mean, he's the type of guy who just dominated everybody he played. Uh, what's that evaluation process like in bringing him into a situation? The, the same as the other the other players. Um, the only difference is that you know, coming from Canada, it's a, just there's some slightly different rules, but other than that, for for his position, not too much. So we're we're uh, day one. It's hard to say, but once we get through the weekend, we'll get a feel for these guys. How they um, right now? Do they make the same mistake twice? That's the big one. And then um, how do they how do they accept coaching? And then are they uh, you know really giving it their all every practice? So you notice how. Matt Nagy talked a lot about just kind of physical traits and, and athletics, and that's kind of what he's able to most take away from minicamp. You, you can see how smooth of a runner David Montgomery is. You can see the type of speed Kareth White has. I believe he mentioned the, the quick twitch of Duke Shelley and, and sort of just the general physical tools of Steven Denmark at the cornerback position. And even an edge guy like Matthew Betts, who he's asked about there, the undrafted free agent out of Laval in Canada, I, I, you know, he was later in the weekend. He was asked about you know, how he's kind of done, and all Nagy could really say is, "Yeah, you know, he's got a great motor and he's given good effort on every play." But without the pads on, it's kind, you know, it's kind of hard to see what all he can do. So, you know, we'll really see more when he gets the pads on. And, and again, I'm just like, well, you know, he's already got a contract, Matthew Betts, so he doesn't have to prove anything. But what about all the other, you know, defensive linemen and outside linebackers who? You know, can't, Matt Nagy's kind of admitting you can't really see much from them. So it's that, that's sort of the 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 asterisks you have to put next to rookie minicamp here. But it, it's clear that you can see some some things, particularly I think the skill positions and the secondary on the other side of the ball. One of the other guys Matt Nagy ended up mentioning by name a little bit later was Dax Raymond, the tight end from Utah State. Apparently, he made a nice catch in the end zone and w- was 
more or less standing out in the red zone. Nagy mentioned his uh, big hands as, you know, he said, when you see guys with hands that big, they usually are, are pretty often catching the ball. And I think Nagy had a pretty big smile when talking about Dax Raymond, and I still contend he's probably got the best shot to make the 53-man roster of any of these undrafted rookie for agents. It doesn't necessarily mean he's the best or most talented, but at the tight end position where Matt Nagy uses a lot of tight ends and there's only three veterans under contract, I think Raymond has a good shot to either stick as just a pure number four or compete with Ben Broniker for that number three spot. But those competitions are going to continue here into the offseason. We still have OTAs coming, I believe either later this week or early next week. I don't remember the exact timetable, but we're pretty darn close. So once OTAs come around here, we'll be breaking all down for you right here on Locked on Bears. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. It's the best way to keep up with all of our daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. So hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Himalaya app, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you get your shows you can find Locked On Bears there and subscribing keeps you up to date with everything we're putting out. You can also follow us on Twitter at Locked On Bears. Like us on Facebook. Follow Locked On Bears on Instagram as well. So many different ways to keep up with the show. And if you're the type of person who's tuning in for the Rookie Minicamp updates, the OTA podcasts, you are the diehard Chicago Bears fan. And that's who I do this podcast for. And that's why at the end of every episode, I try and leave you with an opportunity to bear down.